We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotovitz Radio. I'm your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we are going to take a look at players who you should consider adding ahead of your week seven matchups for this fantasy football season. These suggestions are based off of PPR scoring, so be sure to adjust accordingly if you're playing in a different format. And as always, you can reach out to me with any questions you may have on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Throughout the course of the week, I will do my best to respond to as many questions via tweet or DM that you may have for me. Happy to help you out as best I can. Uh, A couple things to keep in mind for this week. We are dealing with a plethora of buys. Uh, We have Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Pittsburgh Steelers all on buys this week, so we have a lot to navigate there. And keep in mind, too, that when I mention rostered percentages, those rostered percentages are taken from yahoo.com. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show. First position we're going to take a look at is quarterback, and the first quarterback we're going to look at is Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. He is currently rostered in 18% of leagues. He and the Dolphins are coming off a 23-20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London in Week 6, and in Week 7, the Dolphins play host to the Atlanta Falcons, who have been more than generous to opposing fantasy quarterbacks this season. Uh, last week against the Jaguars, Tagovailoa completed 33-47 of 47 passes for 329 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. He also rushed three times for 22 yards and finished with 22.36 fantasy points. He was a quarterback 10 overall on the week. This was Tua Tagovailoa's first return um, after the last several weeks he had missed with the injury. Uh, he actually looked pretty decent in this game. He finished again as the overall QB 10 with 329 passing yards and what was a losing effort, um, but he could be in line for some very nice fantasy weeks on the horizon. Uh, one nice thing about Tua, speaking of bye weeks, is that he does not have a bye week until week 14 um, when he and the Dolphins will inevitably 
possibly be off for that bye week. But then in the next couple of weeks, the Dolphins get matchups against the Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans, the Baltimore Ravens, the New York Jets, the Carolina Panthers, and the New York Giants. Over the last five weeks, speaking of this upcoming matchup in week seven, the Dolphins um, get the Falcons who are allowing over 25 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Again, that's very generous. Um, if you're looking to stream a quarterback this week, again, we have, I believe it's six teams who are who are all out, all with rather usable quarterbacks. Uh, you have Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, and Ben Roethlisberger all out. You got some guys who you are probably using in some weeks, and now you're looking for someone to start. Tagovailoa is only rostering 18% of leagues. I think he is a solid option for at least a spot start this week against the Falcons. I would probably, probably be looking to drop about 5% of fab on him um, for this weekend. So first quarterback is Tua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins, about a 5% fab on him. The next quarterback we're going to look at is Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Carr's rostered in 52% of leagues, so he's not not quite as available in most leagues, but still still pretty underwhelming roster percentage given how decent uh, Carr has been on the season. Last week, he and the Raiders won 34-24 against the Denver Broncos. This week, they get the Philadelphia Eagles against the Broncos. Carr was 18 for 27 passing with 341 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. He also rushed twice for negative one yard, so not a lot going on there. He finished a 21.54 PPR. It was good for the QB 11 finish overall. And his top 12, 12 finish on the week actually marked the fourth of time in six games where Carr has finished as a top 12 quarterback. He is currently seventh in league pass attempts with 232. He's ninth in completions with 149. And he's also sixth in average depth of target at 9.8 yards per target. So he's he's airing the ball out in a number of ways, including throwing the ball downfield. He has 10 touchdown passes on the season to just four interceptions. So he's been pretty efficient overall. And I think that his work will continue with the Raiders given their underwhelming rushing attack that they've had so far this season. Josh Jacobs has struggled to stay healthy. Kenyon Drake hasn't been used quite the way we envisioned. Uh, One of the better running backs on their team, at least performance-wise, has been Peyton Barber. He's not even that great, and he's now banged up as well. So I think that Carr and the Raiders will continue to air it out. I think that he will continue to look decent. He only had one game where he didn't throw a touchdown, and every other game that he has played, and he has thrown two touchdowns in each game. Like the Atlanta Falcons defense, the Philadelphia Eagles are actually tied for points allowed to opposing fantasy quarterbacks over the last five weeks. They have also allowed 25.1 fantasy points to the opposing quarterbacks. In that span, um, I think Derek Carr is going to be a solid option. He could even be a guy who you wind up sliding in more often than you envision, depending on what your quarterback situation looks like. So similar to to Tagovailoa, I would probably also be looking to do about a 4 to 5% fab bid on Derek Carr. At the very least, I think he's another solid flyer for the week seven buys um, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense that has not been very good this season. We're now going to take a look at the running back position, and for this first set of running backs, it's actually a little bit of a cop-out here. I'm going to just say overwhelmingly the Cleveland Browns running backs, and those are Demetric Felton and Dearness Johnson. Felton is currently rostered in 9% of leagues. Johnson is rostered in 2% of leagues. The Browns are coming off a week six loss to the Arizona Cardinals, where they lost 37-14. to Now they get the Denver Broncos at home in Cleveland in week seven. We know that the Browns are going to be popular waiver wire ads this week due to the banged-up nature of the team's backfield. Nick Chubb missed last week's game against the Cardinals and Kareem Hunt exited that game against the Cardinals with an injury. It has now been determined to be a calf injury that will keep him out for the next several weeks. So no matter what, these Browns running backs are going to be hot commodities off of the waiver wire this week. Dearness Johnson, I think, could be the favorite to see more early down roll given his physical style. Um, He has a larger size. He's over 200 pounds. We've seen him in a somewhat featured role before. Uh, Last season when Nick Chubb went down for a little while, um, Felton came on. I'm sorry, Johnson came on. He wasn't 
wasn't great, but he, you know, he did enough. He at least filled in a role when needed. Um, but the one who I'm actually a little bit more interested in, I think, is going to be Demetric Felton. De- Felton is definitely going to be the pass catching back. At least I would expect him to be. We've already seen him be used as a pass catcher earlier this season. Uh, interestingly, against the Cardinals, he lined up on 11 slot on 11 snaps, most of them coming actually as a slot wide receiver. That could be in place of Jarvis Landry, who is still out with an injury, but. Landry has been removed from the RIR. Now we're just waiting to see Landry actually make his return to the field. So I do suspect that there's a possibility that when Jarvis Landry returns from IR officially and is back on the field, we could see Felton get more of the passing down work that we're used to seeing Kareem Hunt get now that he is injured. Um, I think that it will be a little bit of a three-headed attack where all three running backs are going to be active. I think all three running backs are going to be used, um, but I, I think that you know how they are used could vary on week to week depending on game script and how things look. Um, for them in any given week. I don't love them in week seven against Denver, but they do have the Steelers after that and then the Cincinnati Bengals in week nine. The offense overall hasn't been very good. And on top of that, big for Mayfield is injured. So he's kind of a little bit of a concern too. He injured his non-throwing shoulder in the loss to the Cardinals. Um, But I think I would be looking to go out and get at least one of these backs. I'd probably be doing about a 10 to 15% bid on um, Dearness Johnson. And then I'd probably be doing about an eight to 10% fab bid on Demetric Felton. Again, we're talking PPR scoring here. I think that Felton does have some PPR upside and could be a very solid player as probably the best pass catching back on the roster at this point in time with Hunt now injured. The next running back we're going to talk about is the Washington football team's J.D. McKissick. He is currently rostering 42% of leagues, which did surprise me to see. He and the football team are coming off a 31-13 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. In Week 7, they have a matchup with the Green Bay Packers. In their loss against the Chiefs, McKissick had 8 carries for 45 yards and no touchdowns. He also had 10 targets, which he turned into 8 receptions for 65 yards and no touchdowns. Yes, he didn't score any touchdowns on the day, but McKissick did finish with 19 total fantasy points, which is good for RB13 overall. And I think really the big takeaway from this game is that J.D. McKissick continues to be a thorn in the side of those who drafted Antonio Gibson. He's averaging eight and a half opportunities per game, but he saw 18 opportunities in week six in a game script that largely favored Washington's passing game. McKissick saw 10 targets to Gibson's three, and he outscored McKissick. And he outscored Gibson 19 fantasy points to 4.4 hit fantasy points in terms of total PPR scoring. I think at this point in time, it's safe to say that barring an injury, J.D. McKissick isn't going away. He has three double-digit performances in which he has gone for 20.3, 16.9, and now 19.0 PPR. On top of that, Washington's defense is atrocious. They can't seem to stop anybody, which I think will open the door for more negative game scripts that are going to feature J.D. McKissick in the passing game than they are Antonio Gibson in the running game. If Washington's truly not committed to to throwing the ball to Gibson this year, then I think it's going to be hard to rely on him on a week-to-week basic basis. Obviously, you're still going to be starting him, but I think the door is going to be open for McKissick to see a more significant PPR role. We saw him be a very solid PPR running back last season under Alex Smith, and given what we've seen here and and the points that he's provided on some weeks now, I, I would not have any problem spending a, a decent amount on McKissick to get him if he's available in your league. Again, he should be available in about 58% of leagues right now. I'd be dropping about 20, maybe even 25% fab on him. Um, I think he's someone who's going to provide you a very solid floor again half of his games so far this season he has gone for 16 fantasy points or more that's pretty solid if you can put him in as either a low-end rb2 or a high-end rb3 i think he's going to return some really good value for you that the high fab bid is going to be worth it so um real quick running back jd mckissick of the washington football team i'd be going for about 20 percent fab on him if he's actually available in your league i think he has a very solid ppr floor for the rest of the season 
Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Now moving on to wide receiver, the first wide receiver we're going to look at is Cleveland Browns wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. He is currently rostering 10% of fantasy leagues. He is coming off a 37-14 loss against the Arizona Cardinals. He and the the Browns now get to face the Denver Broncos in Week 7. In their loss to the Cardinals, Peoples-Jones saw five targets. He hauled in four passes for 101 yards and two touchdowns. He finished with 26.1 PPR, which was good for wide receiver 5 overall, and Quite frankly, this performance out of Donovan Peoples-Jones is one that is going to have me kicking myself for a while. I debated adding him in a couple of leagues where I had some bye weeks. Chose not to do it, opted to go a different direction, and in one league in particular, I actually would have been much better off if I would have added Donovan Peoples-Jones. I would have, in fact, won. Instead, I ended up losing that week. Um, But nevertheless, Peoples-Jones has a very solid week against the Arizona Cardinals on a team that is lacking wide receiver production right now. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., even when he's on the field, he's not doing what we expect 
expect of him. Jarvis Landry has been injured for the last several weeks now. Landry could be back in week seven against the Broncos, which may hurt Peoples Jones. It may actually help him too, because now they at least have another legitimate pass catching threat on the field. We don't really know for sure yet, but um, regardless, Diamond Peoples Jones is a wide receiver who I'm definitely interested in adding after this most recent performance. It was the first time all season where he actually led all Browns wide receivers in total snaps, um, which is just another reason I think to add him on your roster and, and hope that he continues to see the field more, continues to be targeted more after a very solid production. There is certainly concern, as previously mentioned when we were discussing the Browns running backs, that this offense might not be very good. Baker Mayfield injured his shoulder against the Cardinals, but I think it's also worth noting that their backup quarterback is Case Keenum. We've seen Keenum produce very solid fantasy wide receivers. I have no reason to think that even if for some reason Baker were to miss a few games with his shoulder injury, that Keenum can't um, lead any of his wide receivers to, to productive fantasy weeks. He's a fearless gunslinger. He's someone who is no problem throwing the ball around 35, 40 times a game, which is not usually the Browns game, but if needed, Keenum can do that and he can get the job done. I would actually be looking to spend about 10 to 15% of my fab on Peoples Jones. I think he's an explosive wide receiver. I think he's a wide receiver who is on a team that is looking for someone at wide receiver to step up and show they can produce. And I thought that this game was a very encouraging sign for him. So uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Cleveland Browns wide receiver, 10 to 15% fab on him, depending on your league and what you're looking for. The next wide receiver we're going to look at is Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. He is currently rostering 44% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, as previously mentioned, the Browns lost to the Cardinals last week, so Kirk actually was on the better side of that game where his team won 37-14. In Week 7, the Cardinals will now get the Houston Texans. Last week against the Browns, Kirk saw 8 targets, which he turned into 5 catches for 75 yards and 1 touchdown. He finished the day with 18.5 PPR, which was good for wide receiver 17 overall on the week. The nice thing about Christian Kirk is that he appears to have finally found somewhat of a usable role for fantasy purposes this season. He has gone for double digit PPR in four of six games this year and is averaging 5.2 targets per game and 59.7 receiving yards per game. He has also found the end zone three times. Two touchdowns came in the same game, um, but overall it has been a very solid start to the season for Christian Kirk who is averaging 15.2 PPR per game. The one thing I will say about this Cardinals offense is that no wide receiver appears to look like a guaranteed lock for fantasy production and he gives given week, but I do think that Christian Kirk can be slotted in as a wide receiver three or a wide receiver four flex option, um, and that he's capable of delivering you that weekly upside in an offense that is still overall very explosive and very good. Um, you know, the, the the wide receiver who you think is probably the safest for most weeks is going to be DeAndre Hopkins, but then we've seen various parts of Rondale Moore, um, AJ Green, and then Christian Kirk as well, all look like very usable options in this offense. And then of course, the, the, uh, the Eagles traded Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals. They now have have a new tight end weapon where he could possibly even eat into um, Christian Kirk's workload. He could eat into any wide receiver's workload. The Cardinals are very good at spreading the ball around. But nonetheless, I do like Christian Kirk if you need him. Uh, if he is available, he should be available in about 56% of your all's leagues. So he's an interesting wide receiver to go out and get if you're looking for that guy who offers a little bit of upside. Again, he's averaging just over 15 PPR per game. I'd be looking to spend around 8 to 10% of my fab on him as well. Um, I just think that he is a wide receiver who could provide you a very nice floor um, and also a good ceiling week from time to time again he was a wide receiver 17 this past week so um, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk 8 to 10 percent fab 
We're now going to take a look at the tight end position, and the first tight end we're going to take a look at is Ricky Seals-Jones of the Washington football team. He is currently rostered in 29% of leagues. He and the football team are coming off a 31-13 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. In Week 7, Washington heads to Green Bay to face the Packers. Um, last week against the Chiefs, Seals-Jones saw six targets. He caught four of them. He had 58 receiving yards and one touchdown. He finished the week with 15.8 PPR, which was good for tight end six overall. Um, we've now seen Logan Thomas missed the last two games and Ricky Seals Jones fill in for him and Ricky Seals Jones has looked pretty decent so far um, over those last two weeks he has seen 15 targets he's caught nine of them he has 99 yards and one touchdown um, the one nice thing that I like about Ricky Seals Jones is that he is a former wide receiver who has converted to tight end he converted to tight end in his rookie season with the Arizona Cardinals after entering the league's undrafted free agent wide receiver from Texas A&M uh, Seals Jones has looked decent in his limited opportunities that he's been given over the course of his career he has sprinkled in a handful of wide receiver one weeks and I think that now he's really just kind of getting a chance to re-remind everybody if, if that's if that's a word re-remind he's getting a chance to remind everybody what he's capable of doing when he's actually the featured tight end and then offense and when he's targeted um the I think that he will continue to produce for the football team as long as he is on the field. Logan Thomas is going to miss at least two more games, so I would look for Ricky Seals-Jones to um, serve a prominent role over these next two weeks for the football team. This week, he gets a Packers defense that is allowing 14.6 fantasy points to opposing um, tight ends. Um, that is a very promising matchup for him. That is a very promising matchup for any tight end facing the Packers, but then on top of that, we know that Washington likes to target Seals-Jones. We know that they like to get the ball his way. He did see nine targets in week five and his first start he saw six this past week manages to get 58 yards and score so if you're in need of a tight end i think ricky seals jones is a very solid option i'd be looking to drop about six to eight percent fab on him um, i think he's more than a spot start player i think as long as he's in the lineup he could be very serviceable for your team the next tight end who we're going to look at is Pittsburgh Steelers rookie tight end, Pat Fryermuth. He is currently rostered in 6% of leagues. He and the Steelers are coming off a 23-20 win against the Seattle Seahawks in Week 6. And the important thing to remember with Fryermuth, even though um, I think he's worth an add, is that he is on a bye in Week 7. So if you're rostering him for this week, keep in mind that you need to have another tight end to start in place of him since he's going to be on a bye for Week 7. But I do think that Fryermuth is a very solid option to consider adding if you're in need of a tight end. Um, which is why I think he's worth the add even with this team on bye in week seven. Last week against the Seahawks, Firemuth saw seven targets. He had seven catches for 58 yards and no touchdowns. He finished with 12.8 PPR, which is good for the tight end 10 overall. Um, the big thing with this game is that I think Fryermuth has finally looked like the starting tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, enough so that we can probably start to slot him in um, every week unless we see otherwise. Last week against the Seahawks, Fryermuth outsnapped Eric Ebron 45 to 34. He also outtargeted him 7 to 2. The downside to that is Ebron happened to have one rushing uh, attempt, which he took for a two-yard rushing touchdown, but ultimately the day belonged to Fryermuth, who now has 18 catches on the season for 158 yards and one touchdown. I think what's really Really interesting about what we saw from Friar Muth against the Seahawks this week is that this was the Steelers first game without Juju Smith-Schuster. I know some people expected that maybe someone like James Washington would step up and see a significant increase in targets, but that ended up not being the case. It actually was Friar Muth who ended up seeing several targets on the day. Um, he finished again with seven catches for 58 yards and no touchdowns. So um, Juju Smith-Schuster is done for the season. This could be a trend that very well continues. Friar Muth was a very good producer coming out of college. He now has a chance to show it. He's kind of been outperforming Ebron all 
all season long. Now he's out snapping him and significantly out targeting him against the Seahawks. I think now's the time that you go out and add Fryermuth if you're in need of a tight end, given that he could be the piece of that offense that sees an increase in target following the loss of Juju Smith-Schuster for the season. So um, I'd be doing about three to five percent fab on Fryermuth um, just for right now. We don't certainly know that he's going to be a lead target hog in that offense going far forward, but I think that seven targets in the first game without Juju is very encouraging. Now we're going to get into our super sleepers portion of this show. I mentioned two sleepers who every week who I think are kind of worth a speculative ad and then we see how it works out in a couple weeks and hope that they're actually someone who's worth having on our roster. Um, this first one feels gross to say. I don't love it but I think that what we saw last week and what we know about other backfield mates of this player makes him an interesting ad for at least a week and that is Ravens running back Devonta Freeman. He is currently rostering 2% of leagues. Last week against the Chargers he rushed 9 times for 53 yards and 1 touchdown. He had 11.3 PPR, which was good for the running back 23 overall as the Ravens defeated the Chargers 34-6. The Ravens now host the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 7 before the Ravens then go on by in Week 8. But I think that the one thing that you have to kind of keep in mind with this Ravens backfield is that no running back in the backfield looks particularly impressive. The one who was supposed to possibly look the best after they lost so many to injury was Latavius Murray, who is averaging under 4 rushing yards per carry. The only thing that's really boosting any kind of upside that he has is the fact that Murray has found the end zone three times. Um, So he's got three scores on the season, but Murray is not looking tremendous. The one who's actually kind of looking the best is Devonta Freeman. Um, He has 16 carries on the season for 95 yards and one touchdown. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry, and he has also caught three passes for 34 yards. Those came in week five against the Colts. But the bottom line is, is that we know that the Baltimore Ravens love to run the ball. We know that they don't have the strongest group of runners. I think that if at any point in time one runner emerges and looks significant, better or more efficient than the other. I think that they could be in line for a bigger role going forward. Baltimore has very strangely split up their touch distribution with their running backs. They're all kind of seeing similar looks, but um, Freeman is the one who I think at least has looked the best early on of those backs. Um, It's also worth noting that Latavius Murray left Sunday's game against the Chargers with an ankle injury. We don't know the status on him yet, whether or not he will be back, but I think that that only boosts the speculation that we need to be adding Devontae Freeman as a running back who is averaging almost six yards per carry who had a touchdown last week and who is probably the better pass catching back of the ones that they have right now with um, Le'Veon Bell being the other. I just think that there's a chance that Devontae Freeman could surprisingly emerge to be um, the lead back in this Ravens offense at some point in time if Latavius Murray um, is either injured or just continues to not look like the best back in that backfield. So um, I'd be doing about five to seven percent fab on Freeman. Uh, We know that the Ravens offense is tremendous. We know that they love to run the ball. If he ends up being the lead back, I think he could pay off in a big way even if it's as a running back who provides a solid running back to floor on any given week i'm interested in adding him right now just to see how this situation kind of unfolds in the coming weeks the other super sleeper who i'm looking at adding for this week is new england patriots running back ramondre stevenson he is currently rostered in 11 of leagues he and the patriots are coming off a 34 to 31 loss against the dallas cowboys in week seven they get the new york jets in that loss to the cowboys stevenson had five carries for 23 yards and one touchdown he also had three targets which he turned in the three receptions for 39 yards. Finishing the day with 15.2 fantasy points, it was good for running back 20 overall. Um, Steven 
Hawkinson was a healthy scratch for the first several weeks of the season. Now over the last two weeks, he has logged 16 carries uh, for 46 yards and to go again with those three receptions that he had this past week. He has two touchdowns on the season. Um, he hasn't been great, you know, certainly. I think that's part of the reason why he was probably a healthy scratch early on. 16 carries for 46 yards is not stellar, but he's clearly getting work. And I think that this is a backfield that New England is still trying to figure out how they want to distribute touches outside of Damian Harris. So um, we saw Stevenson look absolutely stellar in the pre in the preseason we saw him look like a back who we actually thought was maybe going to get early season work um, right out the gate which we knew would be abnormal for a Bill Belichick offense that ended up not being the case but it appears that he could actually be seeing a bigger workload going forward so Ramondre Stevenson I think is definitely worth an add uh, just to kind of stash on the end of your bench to see what happens whether he becomes a pass catching back for the Patriots or whether at some point in time he ends up becoming the lead back if something happens to Damian Harris I think there's multiple ways that he could be involved in the offense which is always kind of what we want to look for in players we want to find reasons to roster them because we could see multiple scenarios that play out in which they become worth the ad so uh, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the second super sleeper of the week I'd be doing about an 8 to 10 percent fab on him um, stash him on your bench see what happens he's currently rostering about 11 percent of leagues before we head out of here, I want to let you know that if you're a new listener and want to learn about all the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, you can head over to rotoviz.com. You can subscribe to the website and you can use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to save you 10%. Get in on the action today. Head on over to rotoviz.com and subscribe. Again, that promo code is RVRADIO2021 at checkout to save you 10%. That is going to do it for today's Waiver Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. That always helps us out. Once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can find me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning in to today, today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day.